0: We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network.
1: To the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone.
2: Good morning. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone on VoiceAmerica.com Women. This is the Women's Channel. And joining me this morning as always is my co host, Lauren Beller, president of Big Fish Nation. How are you this morning, Lauren?
3: Good morning, Catherine. I'm excellent. Ready to dive in?
2: Are you ready to dive in? Well I want to talk about your diving in because I missed you at the conference or the seminar in New York City. Talk to me, how was it? It was fantastic. I mean and, and you know, Lauren, sometimes you go to these conferences. Uh, seminars, and when you're there you're processing all of this stuff, but it takes a couple days when you get home to really figure out what you learn and how it fits into what you want to do and you know your own business uhhuh but Lauren, I got pink magazine they gave each one of there were probably five hundred women at the pink magazine seminar and i'm going to tell you who was there. And uh it was very well run. I'd say there were five hundred people. We all got a free subscription if we wanted to for to Pink Magazine for one year. Nice. Yeah, the editor is uh Cynthia Good, she was on our show, you and I spoke to her a uh-huh. couple of weeks ago. And she was up there, she helped to moderate in the beginning. And your ad was is in Pink Magazine, I have to tell everybody. So pick up a copy. Yeah, it looks very cool. I love it. For Big Fish Nation, 12 month entrepreneurial program. <laughs> and I actually recommended you to one of the other ladies who was sitting beside me. But they had a very high powered group of women there. First of all, they had uh, uh, Cynthia Black, who was president of the Hearst Corporation. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And then they had Soldat O'Brien. Nice, a nice lineup so far. Yeah. And then they had. Uh well so I love soldan and I have to tell you some things. I want to run some things by you in terms of what they said some of the talking points um they had Kathy Schuler bleek you may not recognize the name but she's president and COO of Bill Blass New York so okay yeah. and Rosalind Brewer who is the division president of Walmart she handles like 5 billion dollars plus crazy of money a year yes i mean and these women had a lot to say um, it was very interesting. They and, Oh, the other thing is, you know who we, I think it was last week we interviewed Christopher Fletch, who said, you know, what men don't tell women about
3: business. Uh-huh.
2: Well, his book is featured in Pink Magazine with your ad as one of the books to buy and to read. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how the life just all comes together. Yeah, it does. It really does. But um it was interesting. I mean, so that... A lot of them, you know, they brought up the work balance thing. Uh-huh. Uh Soul Dad said there's no such thing as work balance. <laughs> she said there are only 24 hours in a day. You have to pick your poisons. You have to see your family. Go to work. Do what you have to do. Um, it was interesting. She kind of had this, like, very aggressive approach to women in business, I would say, Soul Dad. And one of the things that she said was um, she said when she gets picked to do things, uh, you know, or chosen to do uh, – rep- you know a, a story or a documentary for cnn uh, she said i'm not always the first one picked but i'm always there and i'm always available and she gave an example i think that this was during the it, tsunami doesn't really matter but it was one of those huge catastrophic events that they had to send it a correspondent and she said the first person they picked couldn't go because of their family the second person that they picked to go couldn't go because they didn't have their passport ready then they called her and she said i'm ready and she went <laughs> so you got to show up. I mean, you have to show up for sure. Yeah. You have to be there and that's what she talked about, you know, just being there, pushing ahead. Um they all had very different perspectives. This was another thing. The one who the the uh president and COO of uh the Bill Blast Corporation. Uh-huh. Someone said to her, asked her about mentoring and who helped you to get where you were. She was more like probably in her 50s, I would say. So she, you know, worked her way up the ladder. And, Lauren, one of the things that she said was, she said, you know, my husband, and you don't hear this a lot, or at least I don't, maybe you do, um, she said, he was the one who pushed me. He wow. Pushed, yeah. She said, he pushed me and he pushed me. I mean, I don't know how, I mean, did your husband do that? I mean, No, I get definitely a lot of, not. No. She said if it weren't for him, she said, as a matter of fact, he had such faith in me, but not just faith. He was pushing me to, to do what I did, to become president. She said he would make me angry. So in order to prove myself, I sort of got out there and just did it. I mean, she said I always was very focused and very aggressive and always, you know, wanted to get ahead. But she said it,
3: if it weren't for she felt that if it weren't for he, she wouldn't have done it. Wow, that's a great story. Yeah, do you know a lot of women? Like I don't. I really don't. Usually, and I think that's an interesting role of a man because sometimes you know women would get frustrated if the man pushed, and and they think they're doing it for the wrong reasons. And if they don't push, they can't win. Actually. Yeah, oh, that's
2: true. Yeah, that's very true. I agree.
3: <laughs> You're pushing. It's
2: like, why are you pushing me? Exactly. You know, I and if you they're
3: not, you know, wow, what a nice guy to be pushing. You know, it, so if they're not pushing, they're not being a good guy or whatever.
2: Yeah, if they can't win for lose, that's true. We got to give them um, the benefit of the doubt. You're absolutely right. Um, but that was interesting because I really hadn't, you know, heard too many women talk about, you know, here my husband and he's been doing it. They've been married for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years whatever, not 40 years, but for a long time and he's been out there for her. One of the things that Kathy Black said which was interesting. She's the president of Hearst and she also came out Hearst Corporation. Her book uh, Basic Black. Uh uh-huh, I just uh, heard about it. You should buy you should get it.
3: Uh-huh.
2: I actually I had to buy it and she signed it. Oh nice. <laughs> we get, yeah. yeah. We didn't get that for free. Uh, basic Black, The Essential Guide for Getting Ahead at Work and in Life, great book, ladies. Um, you know, just a lot of stuff that, uh, a lot of tips that you can relate to. But she says, what do you think about this? It's easier to ask for, for, uh, for forgiveness than for permission. And she was really talking about being in, in corporate America. Um, Like if you have an idea and you want to do something, and she gives an example in the book, Lauren, where she wanted to, I guess, hire somebody, a new ad agency, somebody they hadn't tried out before. And rather than asking her boss, she decided to just take the risk and hire them. And if it didn't work out, then she'd ask for forgiveness. But she felt asking for permission was just too complicated, and she'd never be able to accomplish what she wanted to do.
3: I totally agree with that, actually. Do you? Yeah, I I mean, I think that's true even for women in business. That you know, if you have, if you see an opportunity to go for it, and if you wait for permission, you're going to do you know a tenth of percent of what you normally would do in the world.
2: I agree with you, and I, yeah, it was because that was her talking point. That was her main one of the main points that you know people wanted to address. All right, because if you take the risk, risk involves what? It involves change, and if that's your goal, then you've got to take the risk and you have to go ahead and do it. Right? Definitely,
3: and and learn from the consequences and apologize later. You know. If if it was a failure or a mistake, you apologize later and you explain your intentions and you learn from what you what you you learn from the process. Yeah, have
2: you ever done that? I mean, can you think
3: of it? I think I do it every day. (laughs) (laughs) All right, give give us a
2: Lauren example of when you did it, like in your own business when you just of course you're the boss in this case. So, but uh, I have
3: clients and I have you know I have you know people that I work with vendors and you know I just sometimes I think I just run with an idea and you know. A vendor that I will shall remain nameless at the t- at the moment, you know i you just push you know I think that this is a good way to do it, yet at the same time if they don't I want them to push back and I think that's i don't think i I actually think this is really important if it's not about entitlement i don't think it's about you know I'm not entitled it's it's for the the good of everybody and it's for the good of the bottom line business, whether it's their business or mine you know it's not so it's not about being entitled it's about doing going forward with what's possible.
2: Entitlement is a really good word because that did come up. And I think one of the problems that women have, we're used to asking permission, even though we don't want to admit it, but we tend to get into that kind of like, is it okay? Uh, do I have permission to do this? That whole issue with authority figures and that kind of stuff, you know, afraid to take that risk and, and promoting the change like you're talking about. But, Lauren, when you talk about entitlement, that's one of the things that Solzad brought up in a kind of a different context. But she was saying that one thing that women, and we're generalizing here, but tend to do in the work situation, they'll walk in and say that they want a raise, and the way they'll present it is like, I need a raise. Yeah, which is crazy. Which is crazy. As she says, you need a raise, your business or, corp- or whoever you're working, whomever you're working for, they don't care what
3: you need. That's not their problem. That's exactly right. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. And I do think that we take it, uh, and I'm not sure it's women, but oftentimes people, and I have seen it more in women, but it's, they think they're entitled. And it's just to me, it's a mistake. It's a business mistake. A yeah, major have, business mistake. People don't want to work with you anymore.
2: That's exactly what she said. She said, it's not, you don't walk in and say, I need a raise. Not their problem that you need a raise. You walk in, this is what I've done for the company. They're only concerned about what you can do for them and how you are going to, uh, you know, make money for the company. So you walk in, you want a raise, you have to show them what you've done for exactly. the company to, so that you will get that raise. You're not entitled. You don't deserve it. Uh, and she brought up that point it's actually several times. Um, And women will say or walk in when they want a raise very often, I have been working here for five years, so I think I'm entitled to a raise. And she said, what? five? So what does that mean? Exactly. What have you been doing for five years? Exactly. It's not about putting your time in. It's not about putting your time in. Real important. It's Um, about the
3: value you bring to the table.
2: Exactly. It's the value you bring to the table. But somehow we forget that, I guess. and, of course, another one of the things that they brought up, another issue, and you and I have talked about this, is women have a tendency to make friends on the job. And I think that Christopher Flett in his book, What Men Don't Tell Women About Business, also brought this up. You know, business is business and friendship is friendship. And you really should keep those two things separate.
3: He did bring that up. And women tend not to. Was that brought up at the at Pink? Yes. Interesting. Yes, it
2: was, that you really have to keep those things separate. You
3: have to be very...
2: You know, you have to be focused, single-minded of purpose. If you go to a meeting or even if you go out, and I forgot which one of the the, the presenters talked about this, but even if you decide to go out with, to lunch with somebody, you really should do it for a reason. I mean, you know, you men go out to lunch with business partners or they they, they traditionally do that or they want to do a deal or whatever it is, but they go out to talk business. Because it's a business day, so make sure that you're going out to lunch or dinner with the right people. That you have something in mind that's related to how you want to accomplish something in your work. Agree no, okay, or not? Agree? I don't
3: know. I'm sitting here on a fence on that one. I don't agree. At, I don't think I agree. I think that um, I look at men. I think that they golf for golf, and they they're, they find a way to go play. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'll, but they'll make a reason for it. But that's not the reason came first. They want to play, and they'll come up with a reason to go play. A work reason to go play. Do you see what I'm saying? No, you're saying. What are you saying? In other words, they're saying. I think that men typically, and this again, we're talking general. um, I think that men oftentimes will, as friends, will go golfing. For example, that's just just the one that comes to mind, and they do it all the time. I know tons of men that golf all the time. Now, do they golf for work? I mean, they're golfing with their work people, but I think they're going to golf for golf,
2: and working is just the excuse. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Exactly. And I think that women, I think that we tend to do the same. And I do think it's important that if we're focused, I mean, there's a reason, I guess the bottom line is what's the reason you're wanting to get together? Is it to just hang out or is it to work? And I do think it's like, all right, are we we being productive in this time? First of all, are we on work time and being productive? And if we are being conscious about it, like, no, I just want to go have lunch with you, I think that's okay.
2: It's okay unless the, other, the men are going out to lunch consciously. You know, they have a, an agenda for their lunch, and then you're just out for having fun chatting with your girlfriend. That's but they're, go- they're
3: golfing chatting, so I think what's the difference?
2: Uh, see, I don't think so. I think, that, well, I think it can be both. Yeah, they use golf as an excuse, you know, that they are doing business. I could list a
3: dozen in a minute. Yeah, all right. <laughs> are we going to talk
2: about your husband? I like no, no, no. He actually stuff. is
3: not a golfer. He's not
2: a golfer. But, okay. they, you
3: know, they do get together and to go play. Like, they'll, you know, he'll, they I, he had a team meeting and they were all gathered at our house and they went surfing all day behind the boat, you know, playing. Now, was it a work meeting? I didn't see much work happening, you know. Yeah. Ha 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 ha.
2: All right. Your point is one. Okay, we've only got a minute left, so we want to tell everybody why they should come back because we've got two great guests coming up in this this hour, actually. Bravo's top chef, contestant, and natural food expert, Andrea Bowman, or Bowman. We're going to discuss Wholesome Eating 101. And after Andrea, we have Barbara Hurwitz, who's uh, written a new book called Closet Control, The Ultimate Guide to Revitalizing Your Wardrobe and Revolutionizing the Way You Store It. Boy, do I need her. So we'll take a short break right now. You're listening to Catherine Zox and it's Voice America, voiceamerica.com. Women, I'm your social worker with a microphone. We'll be back in a few minutes.
0: We talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio.
3: I have three children, and I've been raising my 16-year-old sister.
0: Mary Gallagher and her family shared a two-bedroom apartment with eight people. Now, Habitat for Humanity is helping her build a simple, decent, affordable home of her own.
4: When we first found
3: out that we were getting a Habitat home, it was like a dream. I kept saying, don't anybody wake me up.
0: Not only is Mary helping build her own home, she'll buy it with a no-profit, zero-interest mortgage to keep it affordable. Habitat came out and built my home, and when Mary started building her house, I wanted to come out and give a hand.
5: We're not just building Mary's house, we're building a neighborhood.
3: There's several more to be built this year, and I look forward to working on each of their houses and seeing the joy of their face when they open the door to their brighter future.
0: Habitat for Humanity. Building homes, changing lives support the work in your community. Visit habitat.org.
3: I feel very blessed. God
0: has answered all of my prayers. We are home. Ladies, are you looking for a place where you can talk candidly about anything and everything? Well, here it is. Timeless Women Speak on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk about sexuality, age-proofing your career, finding your passion and purpose, keeping your brain power, keeping your marriage fresh, dating for grown-ups, plastic surgery, surviving our beauty culture, and much more. Tune in Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific to Timeless Women Speak with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly on the Voice America Women's channel radio that talks with you not at you voice america women's radio network
1: you're listening to the katherine zock show on the voice america women's channel if you'd like to join our conversation this morning call now the toll-free number is 866-472-5788 that number again is 866-472-5788
2: Welcome back. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. I'm Catherine Zox, and I am your social worker with a microphone on Voice America, Voice America Women's Channel, VoiceAmerica.com. And, well, the fall season is a perfect time, as we all know, to reclaim a wholesome diet. And according to a new survey, nearly all American women, we're talking about 92% of women, report that they are trying to bring better food choices into their homes, yet two-thirds agree that they sometimes find it difficult to introduce more wholesome food into their diet and into their family's diet. So it is a problem. So joining us this morning is Bravo's Top Chef Contestant and natural food expert, Andrea Beeman, who's going to give us wholesome eating t- tips. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Andrea.
6: Oh, good morning, Catherine. I'm so excited to be here.
2: Yeah, it's great to have you. Now, I did, you know, I was, uh, actually I was on your website, and I think I, I'm guilty of one of the things. When I go out and try to get wholesome food, I'm only usually concerned with calories and fat. And you say, hey, that's not enough
6: well yeah you know like i remember when i was chronically dieting i've spent my whole teenage and young adult years uh... dieting and looking at no fat non-fat low-fat foods, and what those foods did was they actually kept me fat because they weren't real foods. Um there was a lot of uh... chemicals there was a lot of things that you know you couldn't your body doesn't really process too well um, so it's really important to understand and know what ingredients are and what are the best things to put into the body.
2: So, Andrew, when you say they keep us fat, and I have an idea that I know for me, same thing. I was getting chemical cheese and drinks that don't have anything in them but chemicals. Yes. Uh, is it, then you don't, there's no flavor. It doesn't fill you up. It doesn't do anything good for your body. And so what is it? Then you go and then you have these cravings and go out and eat all the really bad stuff.
6: Well, yeah, because when you're eating food that doesn't have any um, real ingredients in it, then your body's not getting actual nutrition. So you'll always be hungry, but you'll be in a state of starvation. You know, like your body will start to store fat because it thinks it's starving because it's not getting nutrients. So it's important to put pure, simple ingredients back into the diet, you know, like wholesome foods, like whole grains, beans, vegetables, fruits, nuts, and lean animal proteins i mean like real food
2: so and it's hard to find real food though that's another part of the problem you are so right i want the you want just if you look on the ingredients tell me if this is is accurate and you see like 12 different ingredients for something that may be just a piece of bread that's all you're buying <laughs> is a loaf of bread don't get don't buy it right just buy
6: yeah, if you can't understand what the ingredients are, then uh, chances are your body won't be able to process it. So try and make sure that you understand what it says. If it says whole grain then or it says oats or it says nuts or walnuts, you know that those are real ingredients. You know, like if it says hydrogenated fats and high fructose corn syrup, don't buy it. Or...
2: <laughs> and, but, you know, it's difficult when you just go to the grocery store. If you don't go to, say, a whole food store um, or, you know, it's not always easy to find, like, a pure cereal or a pure loaf of bread or, uh, you, you know, because most of it is just packaged with all that stuff.
6: Yeah, well, you know, that's a society we live in. You know, everything's made for quick and fast and get it on the run, get it on the go, and a lot of those um, extra ingredients are supposed to keep something on a shelf for years and years and years. So, you know, some of that stuff is okay, especially in the short term, but, As most often as possible, you want to have the most basic, simple, pure, and natural ingredients. You know, like even I snack. And when I snack, I snack on stuff like Back to Nature Bars because I know that there's no high fructose corn syrup. I know that there is no hydrogenated fats. I know that there's walnuts and and seeds and raisins and whole grains in there. So, you know, like snacking isn't the worst thing in the world. It's just that we need to get the majority of our food back to the basics, back to wholesome foods. So and Andrea, you're saying
2: snack. yeah what you snack on is you can snack it's not that you never can have a snack but be careful about what you're snacking on and you can go to backtonaturesbars.com right for more information about back to nature bars but so they have good stuff in but also satisfy what your sweet tooth too cuz you've got all that right natural sugars i guess in the fruit
6: yeah fruits and like brown rice syrup and stuff like that i mean things that are a, a little more natural for you and probably better for the body in the long run you know, like, I think that it's important that people understand that what their food is. Because, it, you know, like, once we become educated about food and what it does to the body, we can have a better experience with it. You know, like, um, like, I always tell my clients and students that they have to take the time to chew their food, no matter what they're eating, especially if it's carbohydrates, you know, like, which includes snack bars. Um, carbohydrates are digested primarily in the mouth. And this is one place that, believe it or not, so many people are bypassing. They are just bite and swallow, bite and swallow, and they're running out the door. But unless we chew our food and release that enzyme called petylan, our system is going to have a hard time digesting it because we bypass the initial digestion process.
2: All right. So, Andrew, you're saying just take a little bit more time, not a lot more time, Make sure you chew and you swallow. You don't gulp it because it needs to get absorbed into your body. Carbohydrates, I didn't know that, get absorbed through the, in the mouth. So it's really yes. important to be chewing. Yeah. There. Okay. But what about now, uh, there's a process to this, right? We've been eating all the bad stuff. We've only been, you know, chemical factories. We've, uh, that's what I've been eating. And, you know, <laughs> looking at calories and fat, how do we make the transition? Because, you know, I expect, you know, in a week I should be eating all the great stuff and, you know, look slim and uh, I've conquered my food eating habits, but not Right. Well, that's
6: when you run into trouble, when you expect change to happen overnight. You know, I want to encourage your listeners to take it slow. Um, Take it one day at a time, one week at a time. Buy one new ingredient um, every week and, and put it in the fridge. Um, And also, when you're transitioning transitioning a diet, you don't have to go home and literally throw out everything in your cupboard and in the refrigerator. You can use what you already have and just start to incorporate new things every week. So, like, I know most people have an entire drawer filled with, um, you know, like garlic and onions. And in the fridge, they have carrots and celery and potatoes. And just take those ingredients and throw them in a pot with some, some garlic and some spices and put in some water and, and boil it up and make like a soup base. And from there, you could throw in your chicken or your beef or whatever you're eating or fish. And, you know, like within like 25 or 30 minutes, you can have a nourishing soup for this time of year. You know, it's, it's getting chilly here in New York and in parts of the country. Uh, come home to a nice nourishing soup. Sh- Soup. That's a great way to start. Great way to transition.
2: All right, and transition and do it in baby steps, as you say. Just you know, not you don't have to change your entire kitchen over in one day. Just do it slowly. And I think that's really do it really slowly. Good.
6: One new ingredient yeah. a week. Try one new recipe. Be patient. You know, like for me, it took me 28 years to make my body a, a literal blob. And it took me, it took me a couple of years to bring it back to a normal state and a functioning state. Yeah, that's um, really
2: a good point because it's true and most of us, you know, quarter of a century to get the way we are. So hey, you know, give, a, give yourself a break. You can take a couple of years to get on the right track. But you had a personal experience too with your own mother and yourself in terms of uh, medical problems and not eating properly and that sort of was the motivating factor, I guess, for you to get into all of this is eating healthy and making wholesome choices.
6: Yeah, I mean, it took sickness to really stop me in my tracks. You know, my mom, I first got exposed to healthier eating. My mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, and it came back, and we did all these radical treatments, you know, like, and it didn't, it didn't cure her. So when I was diagnosed with my hypothyroidism, I, I said, you know what, I'm not buying into what's happening with the medical establishment. I'm certainly not going to put radiation into my body and take a medication for the rest of my life. I know that my diet is junk. Um, You know, I was a stimulant addict and sugar addict all day long, eating foods that didn't have nutrition, and my body was not thriving. So when my thyroid disease diagnosis came, I literally, like I'm telling you guys to take it slow. I literally changed my diet overnight. I mean, I I went from like bagels and non-fat cream cheese with coffee with uh, diet sweeteners um, all day long to um, more wholesome foods: whole grains, beans, vegetables, fish. Uh, nuts and seeds and fruits. I mean, really, it was it was an overnight switch for me because um, I didn't I didn't see the progress in modern medical establishment. So Andrea, are you saying for hypothyroidism?
2: And for those who don't know, hypothyroidism is an underactive thyroid. Hyperthyroidism is an overactive thyroid. So right, It's what
6: Oprah has right now. Hypo. Yeah, she has hypo. That's what I had, hypo. I was about 25 pounds heavier, and I was depressed, and I was sick. It was pretty awful.
2: I have the same thing.
6: Really? Yes, yes
2: I do, because I'm really interested in this. But I, I take medication. I have had it for, I'm not going to tell you how many years, but since college. Uh, so I'm really so curious. So you're a and, yeah, Yes.
6: Mm, okay.
2: But I know I hear, mm, What does that mean? No, I mean, no, no are, it's
6: okay. It's, you've been on the medication for a long time. yeah, you, It takes time to get off the medication, but you can do it, Catherine. I've had clients that have reduced their medication and have finally eliminated it within about a year and a half. One client got off in one month, and her her thyroid levels were normal. Um, There are certain things like if you go to my website, I just did a whole class on thyroid, and it was in my August. If you go to my monthly topics in my August um, topics, there's information for you on thyroid. I would suggest you go there and check it out if you already haven't.
2: Well, that's interesting because you know, Andrea. What physician? I've never had a physician say to me, whether it's a primary care physician or an endocrinologist, say that. Well, hey, maybe you could control it by diet. And all these years, and you know, they just want to prescribe the medication and the pharmaceuticals. So that's right. Yeah. So, but, but so you, now they,
6: you, they're to, they tell you that because they haven't been taught any other way. Yes. You know, and I'm going to send you copies of my books. Fantastic. Um, yeah, because now you have this. Well, the, your latest book is. Um, it's actually called um, Health Is Wealth: How to Make a Delicious Investment in Your Body. But I'm going to send you the copy of my first two books because it talks about my thyroid disease um, and transitioning from like standard American junk food onto a uh, better diet. And that's The Whole Truth Eating and Recipe Guide and The Whole Truth How I Naturally Reclaim My Health.
2: Oh, that is fantastic. So, are you, so, no, Andrea? You are not on any medication. This all has to do with diet. You control your underactive thyroid just with a diet. With diet.
6: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, through diet and exercise and taking care of myself and loving, nourishing relationships. You know, it's a, it's a whole accumulation of things, positive things that I do for myself these days.
2: Yeah, and it's a whole gestalt, as you say, yes. right? It's, it's what you eat. It's who you hang out with. Uh, it's exercise. It's all of those things, and you do. You have to do the whole. You can't just do one of them. You have to do the whole thing together. So then you get your thyroid checked regularly, I assume, obviously, and, and it's okay. It's normal.
6: Yeah, it's normal. My levels are normal. My, You know, I used to have dry splitting nails. Uh, I told you, overweight, uh, you know, like split ends on my hair. My periods were all messed up. And all of my bodily functions have returned to a normal state because I'm giving my body the nutrition it needs to thrive. That's
2: fantastic. That is such a great story. Also, Andrew, I just want to mention, because for anybody who's listening and may think they may have hypothyroidism and underactive thyroid, sometimes it's difficult to diagnose because it gets confused, especially if you're a teenager with just the regular teenage depression and eating too much and sleeping too long and those kinds of things. They so have to be really, you know, you want to be diagnosed correctly is what I'm saying.
6: Yes, and I think that that's where modern medicine comes in handy. Get the diagnosis and then take your information and make the best quality choices as often as possible.
2: Yeah, Great advice, and we're going to say goodbye on that one. I'm going to wait for the books to come because I'm real interested in this. I would like to make the changes that you've been talking about. Great having you on the show this morning. And Andrea Beeman, Bravo's Top Chef Contestant and Natural Food Expert. Have a great day. Thanks. You too, Catherine. Yeah, great talking to you. Uh, I learned a lot from Andrea. We're going to take a short break. I'm Catherine Zox. I'm your social worker with a microphone. And uh, come in, when we come back, we have Barbara Hurwitz, author of Closet Control, The Ultimate Guide to Revitalizing Your Wardrobe and Revolutionizing the Way You Store It.
0: Talk radio that informs, entertains, and enlightens you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network.
5: Inner Health Through Homeopathy, hosted by Melissa Birch, CCH, with Dr. Tim Stryker. This show features a weekly discussion about homeopathy, a holistic approach to health care, which treats ailments by bringing the entire body into balance. Homeopathy encompasses and examines the makeup of the entire person instead of focusing solely on a disease or ailment. The healing process involves physical, mental, and emotional changes, which come from a wellness within homeopathic remedies go far beyond an alleviation of symptoms they can restore harmony to the body and open paths to a higher level of awareness each week melissa birch cch explores a different health issue and individual healing processes with tim striker md tune in every wednesday at 10 a.m pacific standard time 1 p.m eastern standard time on the voice america health and wellness channel for inner health through homeopathy
3: Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like... Say no more.
1: You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just... I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh uh, uh, uh,
2: uh. There you go.
1: You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. <laughs>
0: For the most current and up-to-date information and options in childbearing, family health, and parenting, tune in to Celeste Rannisi's Timely Topics in Childbirth, broadcasting every Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion. And we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network.
1: You're listening to The Catherine Zoch Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788.
2: I'm Catherine Socks. Welcome back to the Catherine Socks Show on Voice America, VoiceAmerica.com, women, and also on the Health and Wellness Channel on Voice America. I'm Catherine Socks, your social worker with the microphone with Lauren Deller, President of Big Fish Nation. So what would you think, Lauren? Andrea Beeman, great advice.
3: Um, I love that. I love what just promoting. I think that um, I, you know what it is about? It's about our full responsibility for our health. It's like not giving our responsibility to the doctors. Exactly. We have to
2: diagnose it correctly that we need to take responsibility. Absolutely. I love it. I did too. And talking about taking responsibility, we have Barbara Hurwitz is my next guest and she's author of Closet Control, the ultimate guide to revitalizing your wardrobe and revolution, this is a tough word, revolutionizing the way you store it. Learn how to organize your closet and purge it from the old, unstylish, once trendy clothing that you'll never wear again. And I also want to mention that Barbara is the U.S. correspondent for British Vogue Online, so she is the expert. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Barbara. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, I need you in my house right now. <laughs> I need you in my closet. I am Single and I have a partner, but he doesn't live with me. So I have a bedroom that just is. Congratulations! Clean. Yeah, isn't that great? But Barbara, I have these closets. They're all mine, and they are. Met. But they're. See, you already you already purged par- part of your closet. That's true. That was my ex-husband. I got rid of his clothes. Now didn't want to replace them. So I think that's a good start, right? Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, but closet control, closet therapy. I mean, I. I don't care who you are. It just seems to me, I mean, this is something, this is like an epidemic in the United States. I mean, ladies' closets are just filled with stuff that we don't wear and we don't know what to do. So help us.
4: I know, I know, because you know what? For, For women, and I know for myself, of course, that's why I wrote a book like Closet Control, is we like to consume. We want new pretty things. It's something that makes us feel good each morning. If I could put something new on each day, I would, so that's basically why I wrote the book because, you know, fi- funds aren't everywhere and consuming doesn't always make you feel good, so what if you can revamp or rework something already in your wardrobe to make you feel good that morning?
2: And I think, you know, why. also, Barbara, this is the other thing. I sometimes buy stuff and because it's, like, stuck all together in the closet, I even forget that I have it. You know, I've got uh, dozens of pairs of black pants. I forget which ones what fabric. I don't even know what I have. I need to take an inventory, so that's another problem.
4: And yeah, I don't even you know it. yeah. So you know you know what happens is, is the fact is that we tend to like to buy a certain item, maybe like black pants, black shoes, and we just keep buying it new even though we still have what really works and we don't get rid of the old to bring in the new.
2: So how, but how do we get rid of the old? I mean that's take quality Well, you can't quality keep buying black
4: pants, if you have black pants. So <laughs> if you if you have black pants and they're older than 3 years then then sure purge them out and get the new pair. But maybe also look at your wardrobe and think I have enough black pants, but I'm I'm maybe I'm lacking some nice fun elegant sweaters.
2: But one of the things that you say and I think this is important because you know I'm a social worker and I think that like you really get kind of into the underlying reasons why you Aren't wearing something, you know. Why do you keep it in your closet, even though you may know that you have a dozen black pants and you really should think about getting something else? There are other there, people have different reasons for keeping
0: them
4: there. And I think that you basically could also help me answer that from a really professional level because I do work with a lot of different uh, clients that do things to help people remove the clutter. Sometimes the clutter that hangs in our wardrobe is also the clutter that's still in our mind. So we're not able to let go. Our wardrobe can be a really daunting place to go to. It can be actually one of our most, most feared places <laughs> because it's the recesses of our minds. And well, I bought that; it still works. I shouldn't get rid of it. But now I'm going to buy something just exactly like it. Yeah, I'm exactly. So I'm not going to get rid of the same one.
2: Yeah, and and you know I will make excuse. I'll tell you my three excuses. I mean, one, I might have some kind of a an emotional attachment. Let's say you know, oh, I wore this at you know my, my birth my 40th birthday party and maybe I should keep it and, you know, it has some significance in terms of family and, you know, keep something and never wear it and nobody else is interested in it and I won't even remember 20 years from now what it was. So, you know, that whole emotional attachment to clothes, you've got to get rid of that,
4: right? Well, it's the emotional attachment, it's the financial attachment and it's, it's almost like we have our, our mothers and our fathers still hanging in our wardrobes with us. And basically, you're the keeper of your own closet. It's a great thing. You can keep it, lose it, redo it, rework it, reuse it. Closet control has a lot of fun ways to revamp something. And, you know, the biggest thing as women, too, is that some days you just wake up and you think, I have no idea what to wear, and maybe I'm just not feeling my best, so why not take it out on something that you no longer care about? Maybe maybe dye it. Maybe cut it. Maybe there's a a leather coat in there that's five years old. Throw it in the washer and dryer. You may be upset with it because it doesn't fit you the way you'd like it to, but once you shrink it, which you never thought you could do, you're so excited about something that you did. It's a project that was easy, simple. It might have taken away some strife, and now you're actually wearing it again. So,
2: what do you do about, because that's, uh, yes, I have some, you know what I have? I have some of these beautiful jackets, actually. But they, ha- and they fit, uh, oh, they fit, but the problem is they have those big shoulder pads, which aren't in style anymore. So,
4: what do you do? Get rid of the shoulder pads? Oh, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, that's the thing. A lot of, a lot of, uh, you know what happens as we get older? If we wear the clothing that aged with us, we will just age with it. Yes. So, you might have some really, you know, phenomenal pieces that have, some nice workmanship in them, but they do need a little bump up, and so we talk about in the book how to work with a tailor, and a lot of it is maybe taking out shorter pads and maybe just like lengthening the sleeves. Sleeves are worn a little bit longer and a little more uh, elegant, and we don't always know that basically off-the-rack clothing, if we bump it up with a tailor, can actually look more refined, more couture. A lot of clients will say, well, I spent a lot of money on it. I don't want to alter it. Great reason to alter it. I spent little money on it. I don't want to alter it. Great reason to alter it. Your best friend is really a tailor or a seamstress. They're gonna make the clothing fit your body as your body should.
2: So you got, you know, you just said something that scared me. You said the style now is longer sleeves. I just had some sleeves shortened on
4: the <laughs> jacket. It's really hard to know. I mean honestly the best tip I can give is that the, the sleeve of a nice a nice jacket should fit right at the top of your the thumb of your knuckle. It should that's where it should drape, that's where it should hang and And if things don't hang in a current contemporary fit, then we look dated and then we look older and then we feel that something is wrong. And usually we can feel that clothing doesn't fit us properly anymore, but we don't necessarily know what to do.
2: Yeah, cause you look, you don't want to look dowdy, and this is what you're at least in, in baby boomer age, don't want to look dowdy. But I actually got this, like I just got this new jacket, and I'm going to say it, I got it at St. John in New York, and they weren't sure about what how the sleeve should be. Uh, but now maybe I have to give them a call and tell them, don't shorten the sleeves after I talk to Barbara. Yeah, um, leave it,
4: you know, definitely leave it a little longer. I mean, you know, the other thing too is that if you, if, and this is not, and there's amazing tailors and seamstresses out there, but they don't, they don't keep on trend. So they understand classic fits. Basically, the way to apply to trend is just look and see what's in the magazines. Look at the, the runways are online. We all have a front row seat now. So if you basically look at what is fitting today, you can take what you have and mimic the same thing without having to go and buy it. Yeah, exactly.
2: And, you know, that's the other thing. I, I have to say that I have, I would say, you know, I was talking about pants, but I probably have 10 black Knit jackets that almost all of them look exactly alike. So, <laughs>
4: and you know knit, and you know what knit is really wonderful too. Because you said something, because I think both of us are past forty. As we start to get past forty, we want to have a more casual, re- relaxed elegance. And cause of control basically works with how to take the structure out of the structure, how to be a little more instru- unstructured in our wardrobes, how to go back to that childlike innocence when we weren't afraid of anything, and now how to reclaim that in your wardrobe and be in control of what you, what you want to wear. Following the trends is important for fit. You don't need to be trendy. You just need to follow fit.
2: You kind of, and you're so right, I think as you get older, you can look, you can be in style, but you kind of have to adjust it to your body
4: type as you you age. It's more of, you know what, it's more, it's what I've learned too, it's more of a casual elegance. And the one thing I've I've learned mostly with women past 40, and I'm 41, is that (laughs) basically we age through our, our hips and our pelvis first. So the biggest tip I can give the listener is that if your pants are past three years old. They're probably not fitting you contemporarily, which is going to give away something that once I put a client into a pair of pants that are ageless through the hip region, you can't tell how old someone is.
2: Barbara, what about the elastic waist
4: situation? Is that a good thing to do or not? Are we having that conversation? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're, it's kind of like you know, uh, I have a client in Scarsdale, New York, saying, "Look, come with me to my, my son's school. I want to show you mom jeans." and again it's just this sort of thought that we have to look a certain way as we get older and 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 that's not necessarily so if you keep the fit contemporary uh you know at your rise you're you're never going to have to look no one will ever know your age we should all proudly talk about our age but but it's basically it doesn't have to be a symptomatic look from what we're wearing
2: well, that's good to hear. All right, did we did, did you did I get the answer for the plastic for the
4: for the elastic waist
2: or not? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I think
4: I'm going to skirt that because hopefully none of your listeners are wearing anything elasticized unless they're nine months pregnant.
3: <laughs>
4: all right, all right. So just uh, I guess if you're wearing the elastic waist, not a good idea, right?
2: Anyway, but now now in you you also have in your book uh, a DVD with six real life
4: closet therapy sessions. So uh, talk to us about some of those. Well, you know, that's really exciting because uh, I, most authors don't have a DVD, and if you're a visual person, and my business is so visual, I really wanted to to say, hey, the book is a fun read. You might apply different chapters where you need, but maybe you're not reading it like your favorite novel. So turn on the DVD. We have real-life uh, sessions with the comedian Chelsea Handler, frontman Tommy Schaff stick self-esteem expert Jessica Weiner. A real-life take at how to shrink your Donna Karen coat from seven years ago was with uh celebrity makeup artist Bobby Joy, how to cut up your t shirt, how to take the old favorite tea you're sleeping in, and maybe you're all of a sudden thinking, I'm I'm going to a baseball game and I want something kind of fun. Well that's in the in the D V D, how to basically cut up your T shirt. There's lots of fun tips and tricks and just a nice hour to spend thinking, Huh, I never knew I could do that. Just simple sort of things that are that are could be considered common sense but that are very clever ways to reinvent and rework and reuse what you already own.
2: I love it and you're so right because you know this is a whole, it is visual so having the DVD accompanying the book is a great thing. Anyway, we're going to take a short break when we come back, I, got a, I have a, a, a problem maybe you can solve for me now that I have you on the line it's Barbara Hurwitz and Catherine uh, Zox will be back in a few minutes. Barbara is the author of Closet Control The Ultimate Guide to Revitalizing Your Wardrobe and Revolutionizing the Way You Store It
1: Part of those fad diets and exercise routines that you don't stick with want to find a better way to incinerate fat and energize your life without those worthless pills or gimmicks then tune in every friday afternoon at 2 p.m pacific to fitness truth with hosts zach hunt and aj roberts achieve your weight loss and fitness goals and maintain them for the rest of your life the rest of your life that's fitness truth fridays at 2 p.m pacific on the voice of america health and wellness channel
0: When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Did you know your child's asthma attacks can be triggered by things like shower curtains, a blanket, even a teddy bear? I feel like I'm choking. And there are many other things in your home and your child's classroom you may not know about. For the latest information, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. Sometimes I, my parents have to take me to the hospital. Help prevent your child's asthma attacks and avoid the emergency room. Call toll-free 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Or visit www.noattacks.org. I don't want to feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council.
3: Let's face it. Hormones happen. Whether you're a male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life live well, well. Live, live long. life long. Live life to the, the fullest.
2: Welcome back to the Catherine Socks Show. I am Catherine Socks and you are listening to VoiceAmerica.com Women, the Women's Channel. I'm your social worker with the microphone and I'm talking to Barbara Hurwitz who is author of the, uh, author of Closet Control, the ultimate guide to revitalizing your wardrobe and revolutionizing the way you store it. And, uh, Barbara's got incredible, great advice, practical advice. And one of the things she'll help you if you get the book and also you get a DVD, uh, six real-life closet therapy sessions with the book, help you figure out what to donate, what to keep, what to sell, and what to refashion. And uh, that's what we've been talking about in the show. Barbara, I have, a, and I have a co-host. She's sitting there. She may have a problem, too. Lauren, you may want to ask Barbara. But I have a Perry Ellis coat, Barbara, that I bought probably 17 years ago. It's gorgeous. It's a little... Frayed at the sleeves. I don't want to give it away because it seems it's just it's one of those long coats that goes down to your ankles. It's a little bit big on me now, as opposed to being small. And uh, as I said, a little fraying at the sleeves, but the the material is is just beautiful. I mean, I keep saying I don't think they make that kind of material anymore. What should I do with it? (laughs) I would throw it in the
4: washer and dryer. (laughs) (laughs) I am not kidding. I would throw it in the washer and dryer. Yeah, it'll probably um, it probably has a lining and it might have shoulder pads in it. But the best way, first of all, seventeen years, it, it basically probably has some very nice workmanship. I would probably throw it in the washer and dryer. The worst thing that's gonna happen is it'll probably shrink to where you want it to, so you won't have to spend the money on tailoring. You might have to cut into the lining and just rework the pad, but you probably are gonna wanna put in a, a lighter, more your shoulder pad anyway, and then I would then probably take out that fraying sleeve You'll have a uh, you'll have the line from the hem, but you just go and put a top stitch on top of it, and then it becomes detail. Closet control is really how to work with what seems to be a problem, but is actually. where a garment is saying, take me, take me to the next place. I want to go somewhere different. I want to go into your washer and dryer. I want to lengthen my sleeve, and I want to have some interesting top stitch on top of it so that instead of uh, a short sleeve, I now have a longer sleeve, and it just looks like detail. It's how to take a mistake and make it into fashion.
2: Yeah, and you know, you're so right, Barbara, because... there is that fear, for me, there is that fear factor. I mean, I'm not wearing it. It's been sitting there now for at least 12 years, and I haven't even worn it. So what do I, is what you're saying, I guess, is what do I have to lose? I might mean, not have this great coat that's been revamped if I will just take the risk. And, and, uh, as you say, it, it kind of, it, it is a little bit frightening to think of throwing it in the washer and dryer, but, uh, <laughs> it's better than just hanging in the closet.
4: Well, I think you're going to be, and that's what we show in, in the DVD is that we took a Donna Karen coat from I mean Donna Karen is a fantastic designer, but anything yeah. ten plus years is going to show its time, which is going to show us show its time on us, and we shrunk it it shrunk fantastically, and you know that 's something that I learned actually about six years ago myself, and I just I, I had tried to sell some clothing that wouldn 't sell and so I thought, you know what before I donate this fantastic fabric, why don 't I just see what happens and I threw it in the washer and dryer, and I about fell over and what happened is i wore it as a shrunken cute coat which is really what happened trend-wise and then i went and sold it and it did sell
2: <laughs> that's great that's yeah because i've noticed coats and they're much more form fitting and my coats are too boxy and as you say i mean i have these great coats great designers and why not do something with them right and uh, all right I'm if you
4: do- if you see if you see that the coat has a nice fit but it's basically it's just too big then throw it in the washer and dryer. If you see that it's quite boxy, it will continue to stay boxy. So, so with a boxy coat, what I would do is I would cut it into, you know, that, uh, into a car length right at your, at your hip bone, which goes with jeans. And so really everything can be reworked and redone. It just, it just needs, it just needs the eye to be able to say, gosh, if I take out the shoulder pad and if I taper the arm and shorten the jacket, it might just be what's trending online. Online trending in the fashion shows that happen to be online, <laughs> but
2: Barbara, are there any things that you look at and you think well okay they're they're just you know they're not you can't do anything with them that it's really time to, to to donate to sell or just get rid of
4: them i mean yeah, pants, pants are the most difficult I mean they really show you know before we had the trends of things that were, were with rises a little lower, um I was lowering rises for about 15 years because I just knew that it would help elongate a five foot three body, which happened to be mine. How could I make something look the way I wanted my body to appear? And, and I've worked with my own body for so many years that once I started working with other clients, it was easy for me to adapt it no matter what size or whatever height I could adapt to their own body. But pants really, they show their age the most. They are the most difficult. Sweaters are also... The sweaters are difficult on the resale market, but they're not difficult to take a crew neck, which is just blocking you in and just cutting it straight up the middle with the scissors. You, it can go into a groovy little cardigan, and maybe it's something you wear with a belt on it, and belts are turning really right now. Or maybe you're just just wear, now wearing it as your cute, groovy slough wear.
2: So, okay, so pants are you know better to just probably Get rid of the pants and get new pants because the,
4: you know, if they're past three years old, you're it, probably going to want to donate them. But but then also your figure
2: probably has changed too more in that hair, in that area. Like you said, you know the hips and the rear end and the stomach. I think
4: change more. They, the body. It's interesting. I can actually say that a lot of um, 50 plus clients that I've worked with past five years. You know, in the past five years, I've been really curious that when when a woman who is now in her 50s must have been that sort of drop waisted pleated cheerleader skirt. That worked for you in high school, but what happens is we tend to buy like we did in high school, and so now that drop-wasted, pleated, cheerleader extra <laughs> is no longer fitting us because we have had children, or we are hopefully slightly spreading because... We're more curvy and we're loving our curves now, but that same skirt doesn't work the same.
2: And also because of the estrogen depletion, that does something to the body. That's another issue. Yeah, so you wanna I mean and that's where you can start looking dowdy if you start wearing the same. Well, makeup. I'm hearing
4: I'm hearing that I have more testosterone. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I know that it's a I'm able to compartmentalize better and not be as emotional, but at the same time the estrogen is changing in the hip area and we just want to be conscious that a fit we might have liked 20 years ago, the best thing you can do as you get older is to just look at the the fits now. You don't have to be trendy. You don't want to dress too young for your age, but you do want the fit to be contemporary, especially in the hip region.
2: And, Barbara, don't you think that you need someone, whoever it may
4: be, whether it's your girlfriend, your
2: best friend, I'm not sure a man is a good one to do this, who will tell you the truth? I mean, you can sit and and not tell you, oh, you still look like you did when you were 25, because that's not helpful.
4: No, and the thing is is that those personal shoppers in every high-end uh, department store, your favorite department store, that's who I would ask. They're there to help you, um, and they have they can navigate the store more freely where they're not in one relegated area, and they're going to sell you the merchandise mat area. You can actually bring something to them, and they can say, especially in the finer department stores, they can tell you, you know what, that may not be happening anymore, but or you know what, let's pair it with this, and we can revive that
2: yeah because they don't have this emotional involvement with you. They're not your mother, your sister or your best friend.
4: So you really do need
2: a professional. That's good advice. Um, another thing, oh, I just have one other question, I might have a couple other, but one other question, and you talk about revamping things and changing things. are there any fabrics that work better that you're able to change more easily than others? I mean, are wools or synthetics
4: or cotton or silk, or does not that make that doesn't make a difference? Uh, well, I mean, the best, you know, in closet control, there is there, that definitely is in one of the chapters. It talks about what fabric to cut, what fabric won't cut as well. Um, basically, we're such a t-shirt culture, we're such a, a jersey culture. Anything that's basically jersey t-shirt knit, you can just take a scissors to. Anything that's going to unravel. The main reason why we have to tailor clothing is because it's going to unravel. But there's so many so many fun light fabrics now in the cotton jersey range that are basically, you don't even need to tailor them. You can just cut it right across yourself with the scissors and wear it, and maybe if you want something a little more finished, if that is who you feel like, you can put a top stitch, a baby overlock, or then take it to your seamstress. A lot of what closet control is about is how to take out so many steps. Nobody has time. And um, how to just do it yourself without having to feel like you have to finish it. Nothing has to be finished the way it used to have to be.
2: Well, then what you have to do is develop, a, uh, find a good seamstress. Very important then, and have a good relationship and a good rapport so that you can be doing this on an ongoing basis. Another fabric is that new bamboo fabric, which I find is great for t-shirts. Um, you can. Do you know which? Yeah, there's
4: a lot of, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of great sustainable, uh, I just heard about something from a sustainable designer, Linda Loudermilk in Los Angeles, when I was interviewing her for British Vogue Online. There's something called, and I might not be even calling it right, like Fesco Watcha. It's like, there's a lot of great natural organic fibers, and any natural fibers, A, dye very well, they cut very well, and, uh, it's just basically taking something and saying, you know what, I'm gonna dye it in coffee grounds, I'm gonna dye it in cranberry juice, oh my god, I spilled red wine on it, let's just throw it in the uh in more red wine. My mother was using self tanner and said she got self tanner on her T shirt and decided to paint the rest of it with self tanner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now I know where you got it from. We have to think <laughs> Uh have to say goodbye love talking thank to you this you. morning lots of great advice get out there buy Barbara's book Barbara Horowitz Closet Control the ultimate guide to revitalizing your wardrobe and revolutionizing the way you store it she is the U.S. correspondent for British Vogue Online have a great day thanks so much thank Barbara thank you very much bye Yeah, lots of fun today you. you've been listening to the Catherine Zox show and I am your social worker with a microphone on Voice America this is the women's channel and it's Catherine Zox with my co-host Lauren Beller I hope you had a great day I know we did and we'll see you See you next week.